It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You think about the person in your life, when you started, believing you more than anyone, they're the ones that made the sacrifices. When I walk out, my old man's next to me. They're not just looking at you. They're looking at what made you. I'm talking about our fucking game. Talking about us. Welcome listeners to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy and I'm joined by our tactics guy and garlic bread chef extraordinaire, <laughs> Nathan A. Clark. Did you, you just change that last minute or did you realise you hadn't I, I, done one? I realised I hadn't thought of one and you literally just showed me your dinner and I'm like, oh, that's the first thing that came to my head now. But it's true. Strong, strongly recommend experimenting with making garlic bread up at home if uh, if you've not done that before. Mm, yes, I certainly agree. Um, Buddy might be joining us in a bit. We we basically decided on Monday that there was so much left to talk about, and we would try and squeeze in another pod this week. Um, so here we are. It's going to be a bit of a punchy one, but uh, there's there's quite a bit to talk about, and obviously there's been a game since we podcasted on Monday as well. I'd like to start off, though, by reflecting on the conversation we had at the end of the last pod. Uh, I really upset people on Reddit, Nathan. This is about Sun? Yeah, yeah. What did you... What, talk, talk me through it. I, I vaguely remember. Well, this is the thing. When when you're podcasting, and, and for full context, I, the last pod was a bit of a rush at the end. I had to leave. I needed to go. Mm. So I'm, like, trying to quickly, like, move things on and, and round things up. And... We were having this conversation about Harry Kane leaving and whether Son might be an appropriate number nine replacement. And I made the comment in a very throwaway uh, manner, which I now regret, that Son is half the player without Harry Kane anyway. Double down, Wendy. 
I don't believe it to be true, but the point I was making was... I think it's the, true. I'll take the, it up. The, the greatest partnership in Premier League history, arguably. <laughs> yeah. Um, losing one of the partners is going to have an impact on the remaining partner. And yeah, that, that is undeniable. <laughs> yeah. 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 S- slight exaggeration. Son um, is so good. He's a yeah. brilliant, brilliant player. He's one of the world's I, best players. He's one of our best ever players, but he's going to be impacted by Kane leaving. I think that we... We get criticised for sun bashing quite a bit. Um, mm. uh, and I think the reality is we all think that he's an incredible, incredible player. All three yeah. of us feel incredibly strongly The sun's brilliant. He's also a player who has significant weaknesses in his, his game, despite his own brilliance. He, you know, it's it's always the case that there are sometimes um, uh, world class is such a difficult, horrible yeah. phrase that I've now walked into. But the, the some of the very best players in the world are, are also uh, stylistically limited, right? Mm-hmm. Erling Haaland's um, through ball game not that good, <laughs> right? It's just <laughs> Messi, not so great defending corners. That's just yeah. and, and Son Son has a significant technical weakness in his game that was a point of frustration last season, mm-hmm. um, and he also has some stylisms that mean he's not a perfect fit for the role that he's being asked to play on the Potocoglu but um we adore son uh we think he's a brilliant brilliant player there's just they just and also i think uh maybe on this episode maybe i'll save it for next episode i'm going to speak uh about how kane doesn't really fit what we're trying to do right now and that doesn't mean that i don't think that he is anything shy of a outrageously good player that's just uh, i don't know there's just a bit more nuance to it than these things i think there always is there always is and the thing is we're making we're having a conversation it's flowing we're talking like we would if we were in a pub or mm-hmm. having a coffee and we're saying things without thinking about necessarily how how the person listening is taking it without all the context that we know is there um and and people will kind of pull you up on one or two lines out of context uh, and and I just felt a need to explain that I love Son. I love Son so much. And I really wouldn't want anyone to think that I don't. It's it's simply not the case. Um, and yeah, I shouldn't have phrased it that way. But I think the point stands that he will be impacted by Kane leaving. Um, and, and yeah, we'll definitely talk about Kane, particularly in light of the, the second match against uh, Lion City Sailors, the worst name of a football team <laughs> I've ever heard. Um but a really another really enjoyable match, I thought. Um, so it's our second preseason friendly. We saw much of the same as the West yeah. Ham game, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think so. There, there, were, there weren't any sort of tactical tweaks or changes necessarily. There was heavy uh, possession, dominant, dominant in possession, and a few chances conceded on the counter. I think that's pretty much identical to to West Ham, uh, except this time we scored a bunch. Uh, there was one significant tactical tweak that shall I do now or should I save this for next week? Uh, is it Kane playing higher that it's, you're going to say? It's Kane playing higher. Let's do it now. Let's do it okay. now. All right. So last week uh, we played a friendly. I did a video analyzing the way in which uh, Kane dropped deep because that's what Kane does. And it disrupted our ability to pin the opposition's defense back and, and open up a space in the middle because that is the way the Potocoglu teams play. And then... Uh, Richardson came on second half in that game and the whole team played a lot better against <laughs> Lion City Sailors um, Kane stayed in position and that didn't make the problem go away and in addition to not making the problem go away it meant that Kane wasn't able to have an effect on the game in the way that he normally does he had very few touches um, 
So we kind of got the worst of both worlds. And then yeah. again, second half, Richardson comes on, gets a hat-trick, puts in, in my opinion, a very similar performance to the one he did against West Ham. The difference being that the shots went in, and that's how <laughs> football is sometimes. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to overreg this, um, because you've got a brilliant tactical coach and you've got a brilliant footballer and solutions can be found, right? Um, it's just that while 90, 100 million pounds are being offered and you're having these problems, it's a little easy to look at them. In my opinion, not for you, Whitney. <laughs> it's a little easy for you look at them and go, this, this is a problem that can solve itself and, and feel slightly better, slightly better at the prospect of Harry Kane leaving the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely felt that Kane was playing further forward, or he was playing further forward, um, and really attempting to uh, be on the last defender. He doesn't have the same level of acceleration as Richardson, so you don't get those kind of like nimble bursts in behind. He doesn't have that, like he, despite standing on the last centre back, despite the, the level that those centre backs operate at, despite Harry Kane's brilliance, there was just never the appearance of concern that Kane might escape off a shoulder Mm -hmm. and dart into the box in all the small amount of space in behind. And so uh, the centre-backs could step up. Although more specifically to this game, um, because the opposition played a back five, which I think is something that we might see a fair bit in the Mm -hmm. coming season, um, they could put wing-backs on wingers and shut down, not completely shut down, but limit our out-wide 1v1 game. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and maybe think- second half, they're more tired, sorry. Maybe second half, they're more tired, and that is also a factor in, in addition to Richarlison. To, to, I, I, to definitely, I definitely think that is a factor. I also think... Um, <laughs> I'm going to bash Son again. God, I thought Son and Kane were our worst players in this game. Uh, and I think they are probably looking the most rusty. So I definitely think fitness has a thing. Because I think Son and Kane are our best players. Um, but I think them both looking a bit rusty, a bit he- heavy-legged means that probably the fact that they returned a bit later than others is having an impact on their performance at this stage of preseason. Um, Get them out. <laughs> I think I think uh, the other thing that's changed since Monday is I think I I think uh, Kane's leaving and I think he's leaving this summer. Um, but just on the point about Kane kind of not getting separation from the centre-backs, when you think about it, the only time Kane ever really gets separation from centre-backs is... When he drops deep, uh, he leaves yeah. the centre back well, in position. I mean, he does he does burst through him in some penalties, um, but you, I don't think of him running onto things in the same way that I think of a bunch of other players running onto things. He used to when he was a, a younger yeah. man with two working ankles, he could do mm-hmm. that as part of his game. Um, I actually I disagree because I think that he's actually still very good at getting separation, but he does that over two yard stints. Right, he gets enough separation that he can get a shot off. And he's yeah. enabled by his incredible ability to shoot from any angle, That's any fair. situation, any body part. That all he needs is that two yards, which he can achieve uh, Just hold almost entirely off. mentally. Hold, yeah, and and he can do it on the ball. Um, still quite exceptionally, he can he can r- dribble a player. Um, he can send someone the wrong way. Um, but yeah, most of the time, a lot of his goals last season are him getting a yard, getting two yards, and just glancing a shot. Um, that that isn't enough to to pull a defence um, right. away from our midfielders. Right. Yeah. And I definitely think that had an impact on our performance uh, in the first half. But that said, I thought we played quite well in the first half. I thought there was some really good oh, stuff yeah. there. Uh, we looked really competent in attack. Our use of the ball was good. Basuma had a really nice game again. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was lots to enjoy. Madison very silky in possessions, like taking the ball in the half turn a whole bunch. I think. Um, 
the Celso had a really good second half again. I yep. think um, the difference, I think, between Madison and Lo Celso is the angles they play at. So we, you did a video about Lo Celso a while back, and yep. you know he's so one-footed. He only basically plays the way he's facing. He doesn't really do a lot else, and, and he makes it work for him so well. Like He's got really good creative vision. He's got really good weight of pass. He pulls things off. Um, Madison's different because he tends to do everything with mostly with his right foot. But I noticed in this game in particular that he's playing loads of stuff with the outside of his right foot. So he gets yeah. up, he gets different angles. The Celso doesn't do that. He's tending to play with his instep, his left instep, um, which restricts the number of angles that he can play passes at. And I think that's the big difference in the game. That said, I'm really enjoying the Celso's little um, return to form for Spurs in preseason. And Postacoglu spoke very highly of him. Uh, and it's kind of implied mm. that he will stick around this year and uh, Postacoglu will use him. Yeah, seems kind of seeming that way based on his comments. Um, I think that there's there's been market interest for him, um, but I'm definitely happy to keep him if if it's going to work out and it looks like it is. He's good. He's really good. <laughs> he's he's really good. Um, I in that video I did on Madison, I looked at the role. I looked at the way that Matt O'Reilly played that role for Celtic yeah. uh, last season, and the main thing that I I wanted to point out in the video is that O'Reilly plays a lot of things first time, one touch, two touch linking play whereas Madison likes to demand the ball to feet have multiple touches dictate the play um and I think Lo Celso is much more in the O'Reilly mold and yes. the one of the reasons one of the main reasons he's been putting in uh more impressive performances is because he's he's better suited to that he's been doing the one touch two touch linking play together whereas Madison wants to be the main character and that's going to take some time to adapt which is not to say he doesn't do any one one or two touch stuff um in line with that uh Madison's a long shooter and and so's Kane and mm-hmm. so's Son mm-hmm. and so's Saar and so's Poro uh we so had Solomon. more <laughs> shots yes yeah maybe Solomon too we had more shots um by quite some way in the first half um but we had our goals <laughs> in the second half I mm. think um I think we might have a bit of a long shot tendency problem in our in our um seeming first 11 yes at the moment yes I definitely agree with that based on on preseason so far uh, and what we know of a lot of these players um the other thing about the Celso uh, he wriggled into a really good position uh, inside the box sort of the the left channel of the box. Uh, the game opened up beautifully. He just had to curl it with his right instep into the mm. far corner and he didn't want to do it. He did not want to use that right foot even to get a shot away from a good position and uh, he essentially wasted a good opportunity on his left. And I'm wondering uh, which side, which side he should play on. And this is an interesting thing in Postacoglu's system because the side you play on might also dictate whether you're the one who defends from the front in 4-4-2 or in midfield, I think he's going to want Lo Celso to play as one of the two when he plays, so like in the front line. Yeah. Um, but that then means Richarlison has to kind of take one side, Lo Celso takes the other. There's a lot up for grabs here in this midfield, and Postacoglu's got quite a bit to work out. I think Lo Celso is better suited to playing on the right of the midfield three. Inside-footed. Yes, I think that suits him better. I agree. Um, I think Madison's probably better on the left. Yes. Could you I play think... them both? 
<laughs> you could, you could. I think um, the way that he's looking to build the team and the reason we've consistently seen that the left-sided midfielder, which is the opposite side of, of Celtic, the left-sided midfielder is the number 10, essentially, um, is... On the right, you've got Poro, mm -hmm. who is playing inverted, but thrives out wide. You've got Kulosevsky, who's playing out wide, but also is very strong coming inside. Um, and then on the left, you've got Solomon, although Sun. Um, but on the left, you've got Solomon, who is like a, a dedicated outside 1v1 specialist, although he'll cut in to shoot. Um, uh, the other factor on the right is that if you play your slightly deeper, more traditional box-to-box -box number eight on that side, then he's going to better support Poro moving further forwards, Kulisevsky tucking in. So on the right-hand side, we've got a lot of rotation going on. On the left side, it generally favours our sort of first 11 to be a bit more uh, sticking to your zones. Yeah. Um, and so La Celso is sort of the odd one out. Everyone else... I mean, I say everyone else, but then you've got Sun now being probably first choice over Solomon. So maybe you would bench Kulusevsky, move Solomon over to the right, mm. have Sun move inside from the left with Celso in the right channel and Madison also on the bench. Man. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to work out here. Um, but what uh, we I haven't seen is like us swapping the way that the midfield leans at half half time. Mm -hmm. We're being consistent with that, and I think that you know that makes sense in terms of building familiarity in in preseason. But yeah, um, we've also not seen towards. the fit in Dombele, so that, that could that could be another factor that we've not considered yet. So uh, Dombele had an ankle injury. He looked like he was going to be in the eleven to face West Ham. Picks up a minor ankle knock the day before. Um, since then, he's been declared fit, that everyone but Scarlett was fit, is what we heard. But he hasn't been taking part in the 11v11 drills or the 11v0 drills. Um, instead, he's been training with Roden and Spence and Dyer before he was back from injury. Um, who else is in that group? trying to think some would divide some of the younger players mm -hmm. um so i don't know it's confusing because either he's not back to match fitness but they're saying that he is or him and spence are considered surplus and unwanted and are not partaking and not considered in, in the in the first 22 essentially um so i wonder what's changed there wonder what the decision on spence is um i, I honestly think it's fitness at this stage yeah you think yeah. still building fitness too yeah i think they're both um a little bit further behind others that have missed some crucial parts of pre-season so they'll need to get back up to speed i mean the the problem is we haven't got a match now for a while so we're not going to know for sure we've got to sell some players wendy if we're keeping la celsa we've, we've got to sell one of the players. other midfielders i feel like surely it's la celsa or Ndombele that stays this summer mm. and there's a market for la celsa there's not. There's a lesser market. I think Napoli would take him on a significantly reduced, mm. not the not the um sorry not the agreed option clause, but um sort of in the fifteen to twenty to twenty five kind of region. We can probably turn in Dombele for mm. maybe a Saudi club comes in for him. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I wouldn't rule it out. Um. So speaking of transfers, uh, McGee says question for Nathan specifically if. Slash when the deals for Van der Ven and Tapsoba fall mm. apart, what alternatives should Spurs be considering at centre back? 
Man, you know, I haven't really been I haven't really been on top of my normal transfer handling thing. I feel like it's because I have perhaps a bit more faith in Spurs. Also because we're sort of more building from scratch and everything's up in the air. All of these loanies reti- uh, returning, um, new coach, new system. So it's a bit uncertain. I'm not able to talk to the coach and ask him who's in his plans. But yeah, I, I drew up, let me find, at the beginning, beginning, blah, 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 at the beginning of the summer or sort of around when we were looking at Schlott, when we were looking at um, Postacoglu, I drew up a short list. Um, it's not looking great. So uh, Laporte, or Laporta, is, is an option. Is is he still on City's books at this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So he's still an option. He, it looks like he wants to move, City wants to move it on. Um, I said Colwell, but it looks like both Chelsea and Brighton are rating him in the like extremely high numbers area yeah. and therefore uh, not likely. I said Pau Torres, even though he can't jump, he's already gone to Villa. Um, Inacio is a pretty similar profile to Pau Torres. I'm pretty sure he's still at Sporting. Um, I mentioned, I named Bastoni. Um, the most appealing aspect of Bastoni is um, that several Italian people would be extremely upset if we were to now sign Bastoni this summer, but also obviously at the very top end of the price range um, and less likely to come. Well, actually, no, I take that back. I'd be interested to know if he'd be more or less likely to come now Now Conte's gone. Mm. Um, and then maybe slightly cheaper would be David or David Hanko, who was at Feyenoord. Again, he made slightly more sense when we were looking at bringing Schlott in, but is still a profile fit. So these are all left-footed guys who are highly technical on the ball, um, have a passive defensive style, and then most of them are good in the air. Um, but not Pau Torres again, too late for him, and not so much in Nacio of Sporting. Um, Tap Sober's my top pick. <laughs> I, I would throw um, I throw Max Kilman into the mix as well. Kilman's an okay option. I, yeah, I know we were linked with him earlier, and uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. He's he's just sort of a bit less technically gifted than the others, a bit yeah. less um, defensively brilliant. Um, he's probably he might be the best option in the air. He's a he's a dominant aerial defender. Uh, and obviously homegrown, so I wouldn't hate Kilman. I just feel really quite inspired about Taps Over. <laughs> the other thing with Kilman is his real strength in playing out from the back is running with the ball, and mm. Angie's going to want more passing, sharp, crisp passes. I would imagine. Uh, I think we'll see some. I think we'll see um, centre backs who can carry the ball being being invited to carry the ball at certain times. Romero's got that in his game. I think yeah, we'll see that sure, sometimes. When when because uh, we're going to come up against. A Premier League teams loves to do this. We're going to come up against passive mid blocks who mm-hmm. are going to man mark Basuma, man mark the full backs, yeah. and then just sit there staring at the centre backs. Um, that's the time that you want centre backs who can carry the ball. So I, I do think we might see that sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the other one who has been linked recently is Roger Ibanez. Any opinions on him? I I <laughs> I decided that even as must be bad because I wanted a good excuse for why Fonseca struggled at Roma. Um and probably that's not actually true, but I haven't gone and checked it. So in my mind he's bad, but maybe not in reality. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, people are getting very frustrated about the lack of a centre back signing. And I think they, I think it's reasonable that people are getting frustrated. Um, all I would say is, I don't think centre backs, especially not in a postcoglu system, need as much time to acclimatise to the system as, for example, Madison would do. Uh, I, I think postcoglu's four three three is way more complicated for a midfielder 
or a winger, in fact, than it is for a centre-back in terms of what differences there might be between that and uh, the regular system they might be playing. Um, so if we get someone in a week before the Brentford game, I don't think it's the end of the world. I obviously would have preferred them to be in early, but, you know, if this Kane stuff is hanging over us, maybe they want to just get the Kane deal over and done with and then move on some players. Um, and then maybe that's even from a kind of slightly cynical perspective of... If we sell Kane, gosh, we need to lay down some serious money. So let's do it that way around and end on a high with some players coming in. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um, But I'm not that bothered. As long as we get the centre-backs in, I'm not that bothered when. The main role um, of the left centre-back, who's going to play next to Romero um, in a suicidally high line, um, (laughs) playing ultra uh, risky attacking football, is one, to be really good on the ball, and then two, to sort of not look stupid when you're the only defender as your team concedes a goal. Be as chill as possible. Yeah, Yeah, don't... Try not to fall over as you get like put into a one three <laughs> <Davidson>. situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really, really hard role. It's a fucking. It's it's a difficult role, but it's not especially unique or complicated, right? We need a centre back who is already very, very good on the ball. We need a centre back who is already comfortable in the high line. We need a centre back who is already defensively passive, already pretty good in the air. Um, those are your jobs when you with that. And uh, and good luck, mate. By the way, because it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging. Do, do you think um, uh, part two of your analysis there, the don't look stupid, yeah. is why we called the Harry Maguire interest? Yeah, man. He yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. It, it, oh, the 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 low quality memes. If we'd signed Harry Maguire and and he'd like pulled funny faces whilst falling over, um, and we conceded goals next season. It's not what he needs. Like he, there's a good defender in Harry Maguire. I genuinely believe that. Yeah. Um, he needs to go to a system where he's a little more protected. Um, and and isn't the main character. <laughs> um, I, I do uh, yeah. feel like Postacoglu would be such a good manager for him, though, in terms of like rejuvenating him and getting the best out of him again. I just think, yeah, as we've explored, our system's going to be exposing ask a lot of our of our left centre back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because Romero is so in your face. He's, mm. like I said last week, he's the doggiest dog. He's he he's not going to be in the picture very often when when we can see goals because he'd have raced upfield and made a challenge somewhere on the halfway line. The fucking. The goal, the Skamaka goal against West Ham is like, we lose the ball in build-up and then there's instantly a pass to Skamaka and then it's there's a Davinson Sanchez moment and it's like either he makes this difficult challenge or or we're conceding a goal. And that's <laughs> going to happen sometimes. And Davinson yeah. Sanchez not only missed the challenge, but like was basically not in the same postcode as the challenge and then, uh, and then Skamaka's through. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about in this episode was the White Web's development uh, discussion that we had because we had some really interesting follow-up. So let me just read one of the emails we had. So we got this email from an anonymous listener. Listen to the pod and when this came up I felt compelled to email in. There is a lot of local chatter about this deal and not all of it is based in fact. Personally, I'm okay with what we're doing. Is that a bias from my support of a team? Maybe, but I'd like to think I'm able to be a bit more objective than that. Until the pandemic, Whitewebs was a fully functioning public golf course, one of a dying breed subsidised by the council. Due to cuts, the council decided they couldn't do this anymore with all the other things they need to find money for. 
I see this failure lying at the feet of Middlesex golf and the wider golf ecosystem more generally. Whitewebs Golf Course was public and also available to the public to walk in, so long as you were okay dodging shanked shots from Enfield's finest golfers. My understanding is that the new proposal will rewild the entire course, brackets, which has begun, close brackets, and then use the northwestern section for the women's training ground. This is already under construction and temporary buildings are already there. The rewilded section is to be properly rewilded and available for dog walking and school trips. This is the quid pro quo of a deal. It removes the burden to subsidise the course from the council, the club pay for the use, um, which is a net positive for the borough. Also, when thinking about the value of the land or getting it cheap, what else would people be happy with the land being used for? Not ha- not housing, certainly. Another wild rumour going around is that we plan to build a stadium there, an NFL stadium being the most ludicrous suggestion. We do not have planning permission for a stadium and 40 Hall is listed so would prevent that. Brackets. Our training facilities have to be below the tree line of the house to prevent obscuring the view. Close brackets. This rumour has come about because the plans contain a stand which is, I'm sure, just something most training facilities have for their exhibition pitch. Lastly, and I think most relevantly, this makes my local community a centre of excellence for the women's game. Not something to be shoved into the corner of men's pitches as an afterthought. Something that is big enough for them to hopefully grow into a team as large and loved as the men's team. It will also bring jobs and fund apprenticeships in groundskeeping and turf management. Does it piss off some local golfers, the local Conservative club and Arsenal fans? Yes, and we have a healthy Venn diagram this marginal seat. But I don't think this is particularly grubby. Other suggested uses included a swimming pool complex. Brackets, I would have loved this, but again, it wasn't self-sustaining, would have meant increased car traffic due to its location, and would have been far worse for rewilding. Close brackets. Sorry for the rant, I've just grown tired of this. The local Tory party are spreading a lot of disinformation and this, uh, sorry, about this to try to win local council seats. So this is me fully triggered. Thank you to Anonymous. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. So that was one take on things, and you know, I'm not against um, I'm not against the idea of the space being better utilised. I'm certainly not against the idea of um, women's football being given some sort of sense of priority. And that was a point that uh, Dakota raised in the Discord. Actually, he works for a women's football team, and. Uh, his experience is that the women's team is often really not prioritised when it's a, a a joint team with with a men's team, uh, and that that seems to be the case at Spurs. Of course, when we were talking about the women being allowed to train on Spurs's training ground, it would be as equals uh, is is what we had in mind. You know, they they should be given as much um, space and priority as as the men. 
Um, but I'm certainly not against that. The other uh, really interesting bit of information we got was from Blanky, um, who taught, taught Nathan and I about the biodiversity net gain legislation. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea this even existed. Do you want to? Can you talk us through this, Nathan? Oh, I can try. So essentially, um, I don't know what the conditions are, but uh, when if Spurs were to buy this land, um, they would have a legally binding responsibility to improve the habitability of the land that they purchased. Um, there is like a a points system, mm-hmm. um, and if we remove some woodland which we would likely do, um, then we would have to put in a pond, for example, yeah, uh, a swampy area, um, all these things that, that are worth more points to, again, improve their habitability to, to get more wildlife, more varied wildlife, and also um, create habitats for sort of rarer wildlife in that area. So cons- uh, ecological concerns on that basis... Um, that feels like ground feels slightly better about it, but then mm-hmm. of course you're assuming that like one, um, the club would honour these laws. Two, that if they don't, that they could be enforced to do so. That there isn't just a way around these things. Those are things I don't really know about. Um, those would be where my concerns are. Um, and I'll take one last opportunity to say that golf courses are of minimal value to society. Fair. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting um, feedback from locals and from people who know about these kind of things. So we, we appreciate that. Um, I think I was, I was hoping Bard could be able to join us. Unfortunately, he's not been able to. I think we'll end it there, Nathan. So Nathan and I are about to record an episode of Above Average FPL with Adam and Baker. Uh, they've got a really good fantasy Premier League channel. Definitely have a look at that. We'll, um, we'll, we'll tweet about it from the Extra Inch account and hopefully we'll stick the episode in the Patreon as well. So if you're a subscriber, you'll you'll get that directly. Um, yeah, uh, so we'll leave it there and be back with your regular pod on Monday. At which point I will be attempting to put the uh, podcast in legal jeopardy to Joe Lewis's lawyers. You have been listening to The Extra Inch with me, Windy, my sidekick and best friend, Barney, and our tactics guy, Nathan Aker. If you like this, there's plenty more at patreon.com forward slash the extra inch. Production is by Nathan A. Clark. Our logo, artwork and website are designed by Trayton Miller. Our music is by David Lindmer. You can find him on Instagram at David Lindmer. Do check him out. He's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at the extra inch. Email us at podcast at the extra inch. Subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. And most importantly, be sure to tell all of your Spurs friends. Shout out to the ex-subs, we love every single last one of you. And of course, come on you Spurs. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.